0: Hello, and welcome to Morgan Latif Presents Coaching You Through Crisis. I'm Sam Latif, co-founder and director of Morgan Latif and your host. And this week, my guest is Alexander meyer after Haida. Uh, Alexander uh, actually started his career out as a research scientist uh, before moving on to management consultancy, uh, where he rose up the ranks to partner, uh, and from that he decided to move into industry. Um, He took over the position of an executive VP with global scope at one of the largest pharmaceutical companies in the world. Um, And it was at this stage that he sort of decided to then pursue his passion, which was coaching. Um, Since that, he hasn't looked back. And as a coach, he focuses on uh, executive presence, uh, executive onboarding, uh, intercultural communication, culture change, and in particular, empathetic leadership. Um, And it's this topic that he wants to discuss with us today. Um, So we have a great discussion on this in terms of how to really identify empathy and understand it in the context uh, of leadership and how to use it best most effectively. Um, In the new normal that we're all facing and given the social distancing that um, is due to take place with everybody, um, it's more important than ever on how to practice it and again how to really leverage that with our teams um, regardless uh, of where you are. So uh, we hope you enjoy the conversation and um, let's get into it. Alexander, thanks so much for being with us today.
1: Thank you very much, Sam, for inviting me. I'm very pleased to be here.
0: So um, I know back in the corporate world, you were used to dealing with very complex problems. Now as a coach, you also help leaders deal with very complex problems. And again, what we are facing with this is uh, probably one of, if not the most complex problem we've, we've sort of seen in recent history. But firstly, on a personal note, how have you been doing, dealing with this kind of um, situation around COVID, around the lockdown, and, and obviously what's, what's to come?
1: Overall, I got used to it, right? So I have two kids. Uh, They have been home for homeschooling for, I think, now eight weeks. I'm uh, working from home, so the whole family is at home. But compared with other countries, Germany is still in the good situation that we uh, were able to leave the house, right? So we were able to go out for a walk, to do sports outside. It's very different to what uh, people in uh, Spain, Italy, um, or France experience, which were really locked down at home. So I got used to it, but I have to say that I definitely look forward to the time when I can start to travel to see my clients again. Because yeah, video sure. conferences are nice, but um, I'm someone who always liked traveling, and in that perspective, and from that perspective, I'm certainly I'm quite restricted right now. But do yeah. don't, don't want to complain too much. Overall, I think we got used to it, and uh, we are uh, we are dealing with it um, acceptably. I would say.
0: Yeah. Right. Any tips that you've kind of picked up from the homeschooling dealing with the kids during this time that for anybody that might be listening, going through a different stage of the lockdown that you'd probably advise?
1: Well, patience, 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 I think, right? Because certainly what we know, what we notice, but that is something which uh, other people, other parents share most likely is that the productivity levels at home are not the same as at school, I would assume. And uh, maybe also, um, the appreciation for the profession of a teacher has grown significantly because it's very hard to be a teacher with their own kids. It reminded me a little bit of the time when um, I was at school myself and when my parents tried to teach me something yeah, which uh, I, for whatever reason, uh, missed at school or whatever. Yeah, It's yeah. definitely not the easiest thing and uh, patience helps. At the same time, I think it's important, and this is what we also did, that um, we, whenever possible, allowed the kids to go outside and we have a garden where they were able to play and uh, obviously as i mentioned earlier having people uh, walking outside helps so getting some fresh air as opposed to just um, being in the room and maybe in the worst case experiencing a cabin fever
0: yeah yeah well you know no yeah having a bit of outside room i know even if it's a tiny bit it's it's a bit of a luxury certainly nowadays um and as you said with the patients i think touching, well, solely related to to the empathy topic that we're about to go into and that I mentioned in my intro. Uh, But before we go straight into that, I I always like to ask the origin story of a coach, right? Um, I've said it before that a lot of, um, well, many coaches have these very, um, you know, um, impressive careers. But they decide to sort of either put that on hold or at least completely refocus themselves on on being a coach and helping others in their professional and their personal lives so for you what was it that made you want to become a coach in the first place
1: overall there was a red thread in my career which i think was working with people directly with people and, and also supporting them in their career development yeah so there i started off my career as a microbiologist working in a research lab and I found myself there working with computers, liquids, and, um, DNA, uh, you have it, right? So yeah. a lot of facts and uh, non-human stuff. Yeah. And what I missed about this role is really interacting with people. That's the reason why I, after an MBA, went into management consulting, where I was able to combine my passion to deal with complex projects with another passion to be in touch and interaction with human beings, with people, my clients and my colleagues. And... This is what um, I have been doing, dealing with people um, for many years because I spent a significant part of my career in management consulting uh, growing up to my partner level and uh, latest when I was at a senior, at, at a manager, product manager level, yeah. I had uh, accountability to support younger colleagues in their career development. This is yeah. where I, for the first time, got into something which is maybe comparable to a coaching situation. and. When I then was a partner, I certainly hired people, helped them develop. Then I moved from um, my uh, from management consulting role into a global executive role at a, a leading pharmaceutical company. Mm-hmm. And they're responsible for a global business unit. I, in, a, in, a, in addition to uh, leading people, I was also contributing to people development for the large multinational group I was working yeah. for. Yeah. And this red thread... Um, a passion for working with people and uh, Mm -hmm. helping them supporting them on their development is what in the end made me switch careers again and becoming self-employed as an executive coach and Mm -hmm. uh, I have to say say, after almost four and a half years into this profession I really have found what I like it's uh, what I like getting up for in the morning and um, it's my passion
0: yeah yeah and have it looked since I know um, you know You know, your career is obviously um, said, uh, used to be always uh, managing obviously a large uh, group of consultants in a very um, large organization, the complexity and um, now the coaching, you know, is is a different direction. And I know how much you've um, sort of enjoyed it when we've we've talked before. And um, one of the particular specialties you have as a coach um, is on this topic and and, uh, on this empathy and leadership topic. And, And I think that's also the topic that you wanted to talk to us about today. That's something that you work on a lot with the leaders that you work with as a coach. So um, sort of to start us off on that, I mean, people are obviously familiar with, with empathy um, and the, the subject of empathy and leadership has also been talked a lot. But from your perspective, with your uh, particular lens, um, you know, firstly, talk us through what, what do you mean by empathy uh, in the first place?
1: Sure. For me, empathy is someone's ability to be aware of, understand, Relate to and experience the feelings and thoughts of another individual, but with without being in the same situation. Yeah. So there, that I'm really able to feel what someone else has felt, being in a different situation. This is what makes me empathetic. That I'm able to put myself in the shoes of another individual to really experience and feel what the other one has experienced.
0: And with that as well, I mean, um, we talk about what. Um, we all have that capability, right? To to, to have that emotion, but how much of it is nature versus nurture? How much much is it uh, something that we can be working on regularly and how much of it is just purely down to the individual?
1: Empathy is partially innate and partially can be developed. Mm -hmm. The reason why it's partly innate among others is the fact that there's the the phenomenon of mirror neurons in our body, Mm -hmm. which allows us to sense and feel what other people sense. So you might have had the experience of all of a sudden yawning without being tired, just Mm -hmm. because you saw consciously or unconsciously someone else yawning. This is what your mirror neurons picked up in the other individual, which made you yawn. Mm -hmm. And this is why our body is equipped with the ability to sense what other people feel. So now there's a difference in terms of the expression, how strongly people can do that, yeah, and how trained people are in that. But there's a part which is innate, another part which can be further developed.
0: Mm-hmm. And you feel specifically that with this skill and that people develop, it sort of leads to more effective leadership. Um, why do you think that is then?
1: Well, there is research which has shown that um, that empathy is a significant um, lever for uh, leadership effectiveness in the end. right? Yeah. Because if I'm empathetic, I, for example, um, I'm very likely uh, a better communicator, both mm-hmm. in terms of tailoring my communication to my audience, but also in, sen- in terms of sensing what my audience thinks while I'm speaking, while I'm interacting, while I'm standing there, maybe mm-hmm. even not communicating. Right. At the same time, another example, if as a, as a leader I'm there to motivate people, I certainly can best motivate people if I understand their state of minds if I understand their concerns, their worries, what they have, which allows me to make my motivational comments or speech uh, mm-hmm. in a much better way. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Also, um, if there are um, team members, which for whatever reason, and um, they are going through a hard time, having a personal burden at home, yeah? so because um, they experience some, um, some arguments with their partner, whatever, yeah? so it, or because they feel completely overwhelmed by the tasks, the more empathetic I am as a leader, the better I can understand them. Therefore adapt, adapt my leadership style to them. That's, Mm -hmm. there's a, those are a couple of examples why increased empathy makes better leaders.
0: Yeah. And I would say also, I mean, there's an, uh, again, there's constant change at a faster rate nowadays. Um, so the ability to recognize how people react to those changes is, I would say even more important. Um, and I know that the overwhelming consensus is that empathy does lead to more effective leadership. But there, I wanted to understand your opinion on a few counter arguments that I've also found. It's not necessarily mine, just ones that I've I've sort of found from opinion pieces and and certain articles. And one is, for example, that being more empathetic uh, leads to the more emotional side of us making decisions and not the rational ones. And that could also be detrimental. What would you say against that argument?
1: I would say that it's actually true because it depends on the situation when a leader should be more empathetic or less empathetic. If as a leader, I'm in a situation that I need to take a strategic decision, preparing the decision, doing the required analysis, and actually taking the decision should be done in a very rational way, obviously, mm-hmm. in the best mm-hmm. interest of the company. When I'm then getting into, um, into implementing a decision to further tailor my implementation approach. Mm-hmm. If, uh, for example, if I'm working in a, in a global company, it really also requires me to be empathetic to the different needs of people in a global organization. Mm-hmm. My implementation approach might require completely different communication in one country compared to the other one. This mm-hmm. is where empathy all of a sudden comes more into play. Now, that's the reason why I say I agree with the argument you just said. Yeah, so there are, there are situations when, uh, when a leader should be very empathetic. There are situations where someone needs to be rather um, acting on the sympathetic scale and there are areas where he or she should rather act in a compassionate way and mm-hmm. now I've introduced um, in total three terms let's maybe also uh, speak about the difference you yeah? know empathy as I mentioned in the beginning is that I'm able to feel what other people feel or I can mm-hmm. imagine what um, what other people feel uh, if you tell me for example that you uh, yesterday evening you banged your head against a uh, cupboard you know so I might feel the pain because either I had the same experience or because due to empathy, I can feel what you felt.
0: Right. On
1: the other hand, sympathy means that I understand why someone is feeling, but I'm not necessarily feeling this myself. If, for example, someone tells me that a close relative passed away, which I didn't know, it's very unlikely that I feel feel the grief of the individual because I didn't even know the individual. Mm -hmm. Certainly, however, I understand why there is grief in my and in the individual who's telling me about that. Mm-hmm. So compassion, on the other hand, is to act on my insights from empathy or sympathy. Yeah? So while empathy and sympathy help me to feel or understand why someone is feeling a certain way, compassion, in the end, helps me to alleviate. It helps me to get the individual from the situation into something better. And mm-hmm. along the um a leadership journey in different situations, it's important to be able to avail of all the three of them, in addition to the fact that there might be situations when a very rational decision making or rational behavior might be the best.
0: Yeah, and, and look, I know you've you've also worked um, you know, all over the world, you've lived in China. You know, we also work with leaders across different nationalities in, in in our particular line of work as well. And you see the kind of different cultural nuances. So, what would you also recommend? You know, as somebody that's worked in, in with again multinational teams, um, when there are these cultural nuances and the um, the ability to actually show compassion is interpreted differently in these different cultures, how would you recommend people being sensitive to that?
1: I think it's very important that. If someone is not yet used to working in these different cultures that you start with um, significant level of observing and trying to understand mm-hmm. yeah, so there um as you mentioned, I worked in China, I lived and worked in India as well, and both countries are very different to my home culture, Germany right. and certainly, I went through uh, pitfalls myself, I had my learning experiences myself but I think I was open enough to observe and try to understand before taking a call. Yeah, so when building empathy, on the one hand, it's very important that someone is aware of and willing to accept that emotions are part of the game, and that um, emotions can range from being very happy to being very sad. The full spectrum of emotions is there. Yeah. But to learn that, it's very important to be a good listener, and good listening involves non-judgmental activity. So, If I'm a good listener, I first would like to explore what someone is telling me and would like to understand the full context before taking any decision. This this means that I need to get rid of my own biases, which might exist, and everybody has, if uh, they are honest, um, biases, uh, which might be due to the upbringing, um, due to the socialization, due to some uh, prejudices, I don't know. In any case, if someone is a very good listener he or she is able to get rid of those biases for the time of listening mm-hmm. and when getting into those different cultures which you have described i think listening is very important observing is very important and this is what in the end helps someone to build empathy and also to act in an empathetic manner tailored to the situation in which he or she is
0: Yeah. Yeah, and and I think also one of the the points that I mean I was gonna ask about the, the how empathy exposes our biases and you obviously cover that on on how to uh, also approach that. But um, one of the points in favor of obviously uh, what you're mentioning was also I recently saw an interview with Satya Nadella, the CEO of Microsoft, and um, it was interesting to get your take because he said, you know, uh, well we all know what's happened with Microsoft stock over the last few years. It's been you know tremendous their their performance and Um, He says it's down to empathy because empathy has uh, allowed this culture of innovation to really flourish. Um, What's your take on that? I mean, uh, do you agree? Why do you think this? he finds that there is this link between empathy and innovation?
1: Well, empathy in my view is linked with innovation, although I haven't thought about this yet in this perspective, but uh, just thinking about this now Yes, because empathy requires as um as mentioned before that i'm non-judgmental mm-hmm. innovation might bring ideas which are very different to what is there to what i think and the more i'm non-judgmental in terms of uh, in terms of accepting ideas which might be even crazy to me in the first uh, uh, in the first moment yeah the more innovation will uh, will have a field to grow on and that's yeah. the reason why yes i i'm convinced that uh what was said is right. Yeah. They belong together. They might support each other.
0: Yeah. And listen, I mean, you've had this again, also this career in the corporate world um, in consulting, for example, which was again, seen as very competitive, uh, very male dominated. And um, do you think that this is also, there's a sea change now of people being kind of more um, aware of their kind of own kind of, in a way, not vulnerabilities, but I think being, um, showing this empathy is certainly more accepted in industries that perhaps were, were more traditional or, you know, um, perhaps that was not seen as um, in, in such a positive light as, as now. Do you think that there's, there's a change in that overall now?
1: I see some, some small plant, growing plants, right? It's still in my view, in the fledgling stages. Yeah. And there's more yet a wide acceptance that empathy is something which will, um, will bring all companies forward. I still mm-hmm. know many companies that, um, that think that emotions and, uh, and business don't belong together. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yet, emotions are a significant part of empathy. Mm-hmm. And I know that there are many companies out there um, who are um, driven and managed in a very fact-focused manner. Mm-hmm. There's a larger number of companies who take this um, serious in a different way and who have programs running in terms of empathy, but I don't think that uh, we can say yet that it's something where there's a dominating belief that empathy in the end will help companies to uh, develop further. Mm -hmm. At the same time, and you mentioned COVID in the introduction, Mm -hmm. I think, um, and this is something which is not only since we are experiencing the COVID crisis, but maybe also um, as a result of the increasing um, remote communication tools like what we are using today as well, a very video conference, yeah. uh, which in the end um adds to um to higher empathy needs in in the end. Because mm-hmm. yeah, you know, so if we speak about empathy, so how can we be empathetic? We can be empathetic by our eyes, by our ears, yeah, you know, by, by our tactile senses, by giving, shaking hands, whatever. Yeah. But um, all senses which we have which we can avail of, they add to the overall impression we we get. Mm -hmm. The more we are moving away from face-to-face interaction, the more we can't avail of um, those senses, because it might be, in the end, if we focus on email communication only as an example, it might only be the the, the written and read word. But that's the reason why I think, while there is an increasing number of companies who think that empathy is important, there's a global trend which works against it. And that's the reason why I think that companies and leaders should uh, accept uh, that empathy is a key and that they should work on becoming more empathetic because Mm. leaders in today's world, and not only since COVID, I think COVID has just amplified the situation. They are subject to interacting with their people, mainly over video conference and maybe only only phone or uh, written email communication, which limits their way of understanding from physical interaction how people feel. And the, I've spoken with a client uh, last week who probably told me that now, with all the video conferences, they have become much more efficient because yeah, all meetings wow. start on time and they finish on time after 30 minutes, and we uh, we get rid of all the time on the spend or even waste at the coffee machine.
0: Yeah. My yeah, yeah.
1: view this is completely uh, wrong because. We are human beings, and human beings interact with, with relationships. Yeah. And as long as we don't place the social interaction, which we had at the coffee machine before, within our video conference, we will lose out a significant part of human interaction. Mm-hmm. That's the reason why I see some, um, some uptake in terms of empathy. There's a significant trend going down of um, remote communication, which will um, negatively Impact the empathy, which, and as a result, requires. And this is my conviction that leaders need to become more empathetic.
0: Yeah, and I, I mean, you said like a lot of more uh, more people are obviously communicating in this way. I mean, in, in your experience with people that are managing again uh, teams remotely, uh, again, I know in consulting this was already something that was being done years ago, but. Is there any particular recommendations, any Zoom uh, tips you can give to leaders that have these kind of uh, cross-functional, cross-regional teams and how to ensure that they are uh, showing that empathy and and some of that compassion that you mentioned is important now. Yeah.
1: If they manage international teams, I think first of all, it is important to consider a little bit the cultural beliefs of the different uh, geographies they work with. Mm-hmm. You know, there are geographies where relationship plays a different or higher role than in other geographies. You know? So I don't want to stereotype, but it's just a fact that between yeah, yeah, the geographies there yeah. are differences. This means if I'm interacting with geographies where personal relationship play, plays a different role, they, in my view, on the one should have any communication, if possible, by means of at least video conference. You know? So even if they know how their people look like, they should switch on video. You know? I heard. Uh, people More saying, consistent. "I know how my people look like." It's the reason why I can go for phone communication because I know how they look like. Yeah. Yes, they might look different on this specific day because they feel good or bad. It's important uh, to to, um, to remember that. That's the reason why I say switch on your video. Yeah, yeah. Time, Even if the call is scheduled for 15 minutes only, uh, put in the social part. Yeah, put yeah. In, yeah. Uh, and honestly meant, how are you today? yeah so, and look at people, how they react to this question, look how they look at all, right So are they looking happy? Are there any signs that something is is wrong? i don 't know, and then go through the through your the intended outcome of the call, and towards the end, put in a, again some social uh, sequence, if I might say so, because had this meeting happened in the office, the social parts would have happened as well, yeah, and this is a recommendation that um, with all the effectiveness and efficiency video conference can have, just don't miss the social parts, which are part of human interaction and good relationship building.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, people have completely underestimated the value of just, um, as you said, even if it's on a screen of seeing somebody's face, right? I mean, our daily business is we're interviewing leaders all the time and, um, you know, you only get fifty percent from a phone call. I mean, if that, you know, there's so much more that you get when you interact with the person, you see how they communicate, the mannerisms, all that. So I think there's only now people are really starting to realize. So um, yeah, as you said, hopefully that's those are useful tips that people will take with them. and um, and to close it off, I think you know, I wanted to really give you the final word because you know, with this um, level of uncertainty that a lot of us are dealing, um, with uh, a lot of challenges, new challenges that leaders are facing. Um, obviously, practicing empathy is going to be more important than ever. I know that it's just something that you feel, but what would be your final recommendations in the context of empathy and leadership to leaders out there um, with, with what, is, um, what, is, what is about to come in the next few months?
1: I would hope that more companies, maybe all of them, and more leaders, maybe all of them, they widely accept that and understand why empathy matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, over many years, uh, played music and I played also in different orchestras. Mm-hmm. For several instruments to play together in a harmonious way, they need to be tuned to each other.
0: Right. Yeah,
1: otherwise, it won't act and they, it won't sound harmoniously. At the same time, people um, playing in the orchestra, they will in the end become very frustrated because the result isn't good. And for me, there's a parallel between instruments playing in an orchestra or in a band and people working and interacting in a company because all both need to be tuned to each other, which requires empathy. Because I right. need to understand at which, pit, to which pitch a certain instrument is tuned or translated into business. I need to understand what the individual needs of an individual are so that I can relate to and adapt myself to the individual that he or she understands me best that here i understand the individual best and that we collaborate so mm-hmm. this is my hope you know that more people get into this and that we are able to um to work to the extent possible in tune
0: yeah absolutely and look um it's been a really insightful uh, discussion on this i hopefully people are going to be practicing um, I mean, certainly everybody needs a dose of, of more empathy, given what uh, the situation is. And uh, look, I appreciate your, your time, Alexander. It's been really, said, uh, insightful. Um, and if people want to, you know, also reach out to you with any music tips, can they also do that as well?
1: Absolutely. And if you want to join in playing, they should just go for it. Yeah? I like but- improvising. That's the reason why they just uh, should just show up. <laughs>
0: Well, look, thanks again for your time, Alexander. Best of luck with everything that's going on. Um, But, you know, hopefully with these tips, it's going to make things better. And, uh, you know, I hope to see you again.
1: Thank you very much, Sam. I was delighted being here.